Welcome to the Theatre of Others podcast. My name is Adam Marple, and I'm the co-artistic director of the Theatre of Others. With the COVID-19 pandemic forcing a shutdown and reevaluation of space and gathering, we at the Theatre of Others are thinking about what stories we need and how best we can share them. We believe space is psychology, and it informs the way in which an audience interacts and reacts to what is presented to them. We create uniquely theatrical events in bespoke sensory performance spaces crafted to encourage curiosity and grant the audience permission to commune with the play. Now that that space has moved online, how can we encourage interaction and action amongst an audience virtually? The Theatre Brothers produces plays that both welcome and challenge the audience. We are committed to international collaboration and are a laboratory that helps artists grow through intensive study of their craft. On the podcast today, joining from Melbourne, Australia, are Booty Miller, co-artistic director of the Theatre of Others, and myself in Puebla, Mexico. The Theatre of Others creates a shared community of artists and audiences for the purpose of exploring the most profound issues of our lives and times. We believe the play watches the audience. The audience is necessary, and they are witness to what happens. And you get to be witness to us making that happen. The purpose of this podcast is to open up our process and let you in. We're peeling back the curtain, so to speak, and encouraging you to follow along, to ponder, prod, and question, to join us and criticize us if need be. Being a witness is no passive task, and it requires much from you. Are you up for the journey? Hey, Adam. Hey, Booty. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing, I'm, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Um, yesterday, you 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 let you released me from rehearsals so that I could work on my lines, and mm-hmm. it was probably the sunniest, nicest, most springy day we've had yet. And so I had a picnic. <laughs> a picnic where you were learning your lines. I'm hoping. I had a picnic with um, Akshay and my Australian best friend. Don't worry, Adam. My Australian best friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, um, and I hope they were running lines and, with you. Well, we could, were allowed to have two households up to five people outdoors. So we had a, a picnic and two uh, bottles of wine. And um, I got home. And I was so tired, Adam, that I couldn't learn my lines. But I had the whole day. I had the whole day left. I had the whole day. Because now it's rainy and cloudy and gloomy. So now, after I get done with you with the podcast, I'm going to be off book next time you see me. Little, little, you got to give a little to get a little, to get a little, right? Just give a little to get a little. <laughs> Adam's like, I've given you a lot, booty. And I'm not getting anything. <laughs> <laughs> Adam has left the podcast. Adam has <laughs> Adam has left the podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I, it had to happen. Like it was a really, 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 really a rough week because <laughs> we're still in lockdown. Um, you know, and there's all these things that we have to do you know and and uh, cuz we're constantly waiting on okay wh- what kind of what kind of uh uh s- slow back to return to covid normal a- in melbourne are we going to have and it's just we've been working our butts off i mean since covid like, you you understand we all have been working three times as much as we normally do yeah, yeah. and and i just needed a release i really just needed a release and now i actually feel ready to do the work you know what i mean like yeah. you get so overworked that like you, 
the intentions to want to work, you don't get anything done, especially as an artist. You know, when the when the flame is burning and it's ready to go, that's that's when we want to be, you know, creating and doing things. But if it's like just this dwindling <laughs> dying flame yeah. and the idea of staying inside of my house like on the the first real shiny, sweet spring day when it's the weekend and it's my first day off and, you know, it was hard at him. So I, I was telling everybody. I was telling telling everybody in rehearsal that um, it's really difficult to. I mean, you know, everybody in the podcast who's listening knows that we're putting on a show. We haven't announced the dates yet because we're still not quite ready to 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 kind of hmm. say that and figure that out because we're still working on it. But I was I was saying to the, yeah. in rehearsal, I was saying that it's really difficult to feel a pressure, to feel a kind of a a push to to get something done because everything that we're having to do is all self-motivation right now. There is no, you know, we could, we could do it the show next week. We could do it in December because there's no venue that we have to rent. We can put on the show anytime we want to. So having that kind of fire underneath us the entire time, it's difficult. I mean, mm. I know it's difficult for the actors. It's difficult for me as the director as well. And, and the playwright, I mean, you know, once he finishes the play, we're just waiting for him. But in everything that we're doing right now, everything has to be completely self-motivated and and yeah, it is it is kind of difficult to say um I'm gonna give my my hundred percent every single day all the time for every single thing. And um, you know, you're you've got a beautiful spring day. We're going into fall now, and you know, I got the call from uh my university to go ahead and plan next semester online. Yeah, exactly. See, and, I told you. <laughs> and then, and th- but then to follow up with that, the day later they said, "And go ahead and uh, schedule fall twenty twenty one online as well." Ooh, yeah, Lord. Uh, yeah, all of it online or just partial well, online? Well, there's. We were supposed to do this semester half fast, half face to face, half online, and then it stayed mm. online the entire time. So they say, okay, so starting in January, let's go to the same plan: half face to face, half online. But any of those could transfer back to online. But I was surprised that they would just go ahead. They would they would go ahead and say basically, fall twenty twenty one. Let's let's stick with the hybrid plan because we have no idea what's going to be. And it was it was. I mean, I know it can change at the drop of a hat. But oh, it was so disheartening to hear that. Oh God, I've got to maybe continue this for another year. Which of course it does because yeah. I mean, if a, even even if a vaccine comes out, it's not going to be distributed and readily available till who knows when, right? Yeah, and, and different countries have different challenges, and that's yeah, the biggest exactly. thing that's going on right now. It's like every yeah. country has their own individual challenges, yeah. you know, and it's there's no one way of doing this pandemic, you know. It's like you you have the checks and balances, but you and then you all of a sudden have this this random bizarre outbreak out of nowhere that no one mm-hmm. knows where it comes from, you know, and it's all that asymptomatic you know um, yeah. transmission that can also just be a part of the the madness it's just it's a weird time man yeah it's a weird time and i but i it's, it's funny because today is actually the perfect day to be working because it's cloudy and gloomy and all i want to do is <laughs> is Stay be inside. home yeah. and yeah and write and get my brain all activated and, and play yeah you know it's so hard i was i was such a naughty kid yesterday <laughs> i had to play hooky yesterday it just had to happen or i it was for mental health as well you know and i think that's the, the biggest things for our listeners to remember is like your mental health is way more important than any project 
no matter how much you love it. But you know, I'm also engaged. It's not like, it's one thing to say that like, you know, my mental health is bigger, bigger than, than the show and I'm not going to do the show because it's giving me drama and, and I, it's, it's, it's interfering with my mental health. No, what I'm saying is balance. And I think the reason why I needed to take that break yesterday is that I was falling out of balance because the work was just, you know, short, quick deadlines. Everything had to happen yesterday. You know what I mean? It's just like, and then I was teaching like insane classes this week. Um, I taught eight hours of clown this week. Ooh. Oh, on Zoom. It was intense. They were brilliant. It was an amazing class. But afterwards, all I could do was just lie on my back. And I was like, I think I feel synovial fluid returning back into my spine. I think I can. I think I can. And she's like, you want to have dinner? I was like, all I want to do is lie on my back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's That's so funny. Whenever I get, like, I have... I have uh, my Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's five hours straight of classes. And I've got like a 10-minute break in between each one. And all I do is I go out into my living room and I just lay down on my carpet. And my girlfriend is usually out there and she's, you know, watching YouTube or she's doing some yoga or something like that. And all I want to do is I sh- she's like, oh, hey, hey. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not here to talk. I'm just here to lay down on the carpet for the next seven and a half minutes before I have to go back in and teach yep. a class about – queer theater or indigenous theater or whatever I have to teach today. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you're teaching the right kind of theater at least. <laughs> well, I am I am excited about the cl- like I said before this class that I've I've created for this semester for this year about really going like okay, what are the problems we need to address on the other side of this and they're actually I mean they're really excited for, you know, you never have a student excited for a theory class, but they're always yeah. there, they're always engaged. I mean, you know, they're they're being they're being challenged and questioned and uh, treated like not just as students, but as you know, you're the future of theater. So I'm going to treat you like you can fix this problem. So here's yeah. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to present the problem to you, and then I'm going to leave it up to you to fix the problem. And they love mm. it, and it's fantastic. And of course, yeah. I'm learning so much as well, and and being engaged in the work, and being constantly, you know, looking outside of my sphere of influence, and looking outside of what I. Um, no, and even even outside of what I have exposed myself to, you know, in my travels mm. and and my my friends and, and and other work, but like to actually say, okay, I'm going to spend this entire week is on queer theater, queer theory, and what does that mean? You know, what does that mean? And and what was great was American Theater Magazine came out with uh, their September issue was dedicated to uh, transgender theater artists, and it, the entire the entire. Um, not episode, what do you, the entire issue, the entire issue of September was, it's so, there's like nine or 10 beautiful articles, a play, and it was really kind of wonderful because like um, exposing myself to that, exposing everybody else to that was really, really smart, really wonderful. So everybody catch that, it's online, catch that American (laughs) Theater Magazine September issue, it's online, it's free, there's no reason you should not be looking at it. Yeah, most definitely. And I think that's the thing, what we've been talking about is like, the way you decolonize your curriculum and and have anti-racist practices inside of your institutions is you have to go and do the work. You're doing the work, Adam. You know, yep. you're you're and you have have letting your students help you with the work, which is the yeah. which is the best part about it because they actually are the 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 population you need to be communicating with anyway. So they'll let you know where they intersect and what needs to happen and what they're not seeing with what's mm-hmm. being provided to them. Yeah. Yeah, they they've been really great about it and um you know, like I said before, when they created their manifestos, the number one thing that was in every single one of their things was basically kindness. Not, not you know, being uh, uh, 
undisciplined, not not being you know uh, soft, but being kind, making space for allowing. Um, allowing for anybody to have a voice. And so that kind of kindness mm. permeated all through that. And it was really wonderful to to have that and, mm. and to continually have that with them. I just love this, that the movement that, that we're moving away from like elitist theater and we're going back into the community and oh, God, kindness so. is the generator. I yeah. hope so. God, I hope so. There's so, <laughs> there's so much, there's so much just uh, vitriol and cynicism in the world that, you know, are, are we really going to create this, elitist form that uh, is dwindling in population every single year and and think that that's going to that's going to be okay. Nah, we got to do something else. Yeah. We we can do something else. We will do something else. We are doing something else. That's right. <laughs> we are. We totally are. Yeah. So, what are we talking about today, Adam? Today we're in your neighborhood. Uh we're Uh-oh. in your zip code. We're in your Ballywick. Uh-oh. We're in the actor's oh, voice. Yet. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So, um <laughs> You know, I said I said last time I wasn't going to talk too much, but I'm honestly I'm probably not going to. I don't have great opinions about this. I I love watching from the sidelines your class or you know the Vasta conference or, or things like that. I love learning and seeing because yes, I have a background as an actor, and yes, I took voice classes, and that's where it ends. That's all I got. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all I care about. So. <laughs> Well, like most directors, they're like uh, they all often turn to the the voice coach or uh, that's on the job, going, "Can you just fix it? I don't know. I don't know what you do. Just <laughs> just fix it." Like they don't sound American, they don't sound German, and I can't hear them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what they're saying. Yeah, <laughs> can you fix it? Can you fix it? Can you fix it? Yeah. Well, you know, it's 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 interesting because my relationship to my voice and to training the voice is, is has been a monk's journey, really, mm-hmm. um, and understanding what uh, voice training is for the actor, um, what voice training is for me as an artist, as, a, as an actor, um, and what does voice mean within the, the whole design of training an actor to begin with? Mm-hmm. How does it fall into actor's training? And I'm a strong believer that voice is actor's training. There's actually nothing that you do inside of a voice class that can't be translated into what you need to do as an actor. And if you're and if you're doing things that aren't translating into what you need to do as an actor, then you need to investigate what is the reason you're doing this for. Hmm. And I kind of and I you know I've 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 studied many different types of 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 voice training and I don't believe that there's one way of working for uh, everybody and I also don't believe that there's one way of working for one person I think that because um, voice action it's a physical action it's the, it's dealing with the body it's dealing with the anatomy it's dealing with placement it's dealing with um, um, body mapping um, dealing with uh, balance and alignment and all the things that happen when the voice responds to what's happening with the body mm. I always tell people you can always tell how what someone's thinking and how they're thinking by their voice um, that, that was that used to be what I one of the mantras that I used to say to students um, when we were um, in Singapore it's like I can tell I can tell what you're doing and how you're thinking from your breath and how you're using it. Mm. And that's really essentially how I started to really understand um, the importance of voice work and the uh, and how my my practice uh, has been influenced by by being a voice teacher. Um, so I think uh, 
we should probably take a break. Yeah. And, um, um, and when we get back, maybe I could just kind of talk about how I ended up becoming a voice teacher and then talk about, you know, the different things that I've learned on my, on my journey about, about voice, um, and what kind of practices I still do and, and, um, support in, in, in training an actor. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> and then you could just ask me questions, right? Yeah. I do. I do have a couple of questions just from a director's point of view, but yeah, I can absolutely uh, banter with you about voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to banter. I want to have a conversation. <laughs> and then I have nothing deep to say to add to the conversation. <laughs> Oh, Adam, you have so much to offer. Yeah, right. All right, let's take a break. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Purple Planet, take it away before Adam gets even more uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) See you after the break. Thank you, Purple Planet. Planet. <laughs> <laughs> we love you guys over there. Thank you for doing your work. Um, so, so Booty, so how, how you, do we do this? Well, I was going to say, how how did you uh, start your journey uh, as a as a at least in the interest of voice? Because we know we know um, your journey as an actor. We, we've heard part of your journey as an actor. When did that transition into an investigation into the voice and? a serious study and interest in becoming a voice trainer as well. Well, it's essentially started from uh, a need. When I was going through uh, drama school, um, I uh, had a voice teacher that uh, essentially told me that the sounds that I came to school with were, were not valid in the theater. I was never going to get work in the way that I sounded, in the way that I pronounced words, and I needed to uh, learn the standard way of speaking. Mm, the standard way of speaking. The standard way of speaking. Like so newscasters. When I started, like, <laughs> no, like actually really bad British accents. Yeah. <laughs> like the way no one in the world talks except for people in the, on the american stage yeah <laughs> the mid atlantic speech mid atlantic so an island in, in the middle of the atlantic speech yes, yes exactly an island in the middle of the atlantic speech um and for those of you who have heard the the term mid atlantic it's it comes out of the edith skinner school of thought um and she was commonly known just by saying that if you don't like the way your friends talk then get new friends and it's just like <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, then, and the problem was I started school and I went into school and I used words like get. Would you just get that for me? Get out of here. Yeah. Well, I quickly learned that I wasn't supposed to say get. I was supposed get. to say get. 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 G-E-T. Yeah. It's pronounced get. Get. And I was like, and, and Adam, I literally would have to practice every single day to Get. Get out of my way of pronouncing the word G-E-T. 
<laughs> and 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 it, and it created an armoring around speaking and communicating. Mm-hmm. So just imagine what this does to you know my dyslexic self, right? And then on top of that, as an African American in a white space, that tells me that anything African American has no value. Mm-hmm. Your sound has no value. The way you move has no value. The characters you want to play have no value. <laughs> the only thing that has value is whiteness. Mm. And so you have to learn to sound white. And we would do all these different Edith Skinner exercises. Um, and look, Edith Skinner exercises are fun because she has a list of things that are just are really great for getting your mouth around uh, words and uh, trying to deal with like consonant clusters that are co- uh, complicated. So they're, they're actually really good exercises. And you do start to see dexterity in the way that someone speaks. But the rules of the sounds of pronunciation are fucked. Mm. <laughs> um, and so and then so I so I had this speech thing going on. So it was a heavily it was a Robert Neff Williams speech thing going on um, with my teacher. And she was one of one of his uh, uh, disciples, uh, and uh, and and because they were teaching it at Juilliard, that gave it that gave it clout. That gave yeah. it that gave it um, resonance, validity, <laughs> validity. <laughs> um, and and so that's what we did. That's what we learned, and we did all these really obnoxious voice exercises we never talked about the breath really talked about the breath we never talked about how the voice was actually being created from the breath we didn't talk about the vocal tract we just did all of these different exercises and mimicked the teacher trying to sound like her Mm. um and uh and i and the biggest thing was that i was losing i kept losing my voice on stage when i was in training and I was like, but I'm a really, I'm really good in voice. Like, I'm one of the best in the class. And I'm losing my voice. I kept losing my voice on stage. And the only note that she would give me was, stop pushing. <laughs> what, does that, what does that mean? <laughs> What's that fucking mean, right? Right. Stop pushing. Okay, I've, I've, done, I've done all your fucking exercises. I sound like every white man, in, you know, walking, walking on the street. And I still am losing my voice on stage. And on top mm-hmm. of that, when I speak, it doesn't even sound like it's coming from me. It sounds mm-hmm. affected. Yeah. And so, and so I was like, well, I don't know any. I don't know any other way of of working. And if they're doing this at Juilliard, it must be right, right? <laughs> I'm at NYU. Yeah. It must be right. I'm paying mm-hmm. all this money at NYU. It must be right. It was really difficult getting into this school. It must be right. So once again, they just kept feeding into that wonderful cognitive dissonance of the American people. <laughs> and, 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 and so when I graduated, I, was, I kept losing my voice and I, I still didn't figure out what pushing meant. You know, if I need to stop pushing, does that mean that I need to start pulling? Is that, is that the solution? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You need to pull with your voice more. <laughs> you know? But... Uh, I I I didn't didn't catch on to to the to the really cool stuff until one day when I was observing a a, a teacher's a Fitzmorris teacher's class, um, and she was te- and I had because I had a studio in Brooklyn, and we had our own little conservatoire. 
mm-hmm. that we created for ourselves. That was kind of really where it was a great place because what ended up happening is like I could create a space for other master teachers to come and just develop their work without anyone else's pedagogy. Just teach whatever kind of workshops they wanted to teach. That's cool. Um, yeah. And so there was a teacher that was teaching Fitzmaurice voice work. And, and I saw these actors get into the body and their voices in five minutes. I was like, what the fuck is this? Five minutes? They, I, I was like, okay, I need to know what this is. And so I started working with Catherine Fitzmaurice. So when we started, when we started creating our, our conservatory, we, we had the acting stuff down. We had the movement stuff down. But we needed a voice teacher. Mm. And we needed a voice teacher that we could trust. And who else better to trust than thyself? Trust thyself. So, and I had also been, you know, just been, you know, damaged by voice teachers. So I wanted to, I wanted to come up with a curriculum that would empower actors and not be, and not alienate them with the sounds that they make. And one of the things that I learned from Fitzmaurice's world um, is that all sounds are good. Every sound an actor makes has value. So that already began to deepen my sense of awareness and play. Mm. Um, and, and then once I started doing uh, Fitzmaurice voice work, I never lost my voice ever again on the stage. I just didn't because uh, Catherine taught me how the voice works. <laughs> she taught me how to release the muscles around the uh, respiratory system, and she taught me how to support the, uh, the muscles to have a, uh, 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 a clear sound and a supported sound and um, a resonance inside of um, inside of what you're doing because you, if you're focusing on the voice, if you're watching a show and you're focusing on an actor's voice, that's bad voice work. Yeah, that's not where the you know attention needs to be. You know, and that's where you directors get in come into play. Like they sound, they don't, they sound weird. <laughs> yeah, they sound affected. Right? Yeah, they sound affected. And and for me, the Fitzmaurice voice work, which is why I'm a Fitzmaurice voice work teacher, it's why I'm the uh, the um, uh, the director of of the the Asian Southeast Asian part of of, of the world with uh, with uh, with uh, the Fitzmaurice uh, Institute. Hmm. So I, I cover I cover Australia, Australasia, New Zealand, uh, Singapore. Um, and just to, just to bring more awareness to people that are interested in learning about the Fitzmaurice voice work and to help Fitzmaurice teachers that are in the region, um, uh, have some support. Hmm. I've been doing it, I've been doing it for a very, very long time. So it's, it's pretty much embedded in my way of being the, the knowledge of the Fitzmaurice voice work. And what's so great about it is it applies to everyone. It doesn't matter what, what kind of artist you are or person you are it applies to you as a human being mm. so it's it's there to enhance and deepen your awareness um that you already have in whatever work you're doing so da- so we have teachers that are dancers we have teachers that are doctors we have teachers that are that are therapists we have teachers that are acting teachers voice teachers movement teachers it applies to everything mm. um which is the coolest thing in the world it applies to everything and then so then it becomes this 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 scenario of like but okay so but what am i actually looking for in my work and what happens with the Fitzmaurice voice work is you become aware of things. Like I learned how to, to my imagination is connected to my autonomic nervous system and how I, how my natural ways and impulses of play and, and exploration are biological, are neurological. 
are connected to the to to the access to my respiratory system or the lack of access to my respiratory system. You know, and 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 so that just opened up everything. And so when I start to look at what the voice department at the Yale School of Drama are doing, where they combine the Fitzmaurice voice work with link ladder technique, it's brilliant. Of course, it works mm. together. Mm. You know, there's there's this thing that's going on in the in the community of like my technique is better than your technique. My my on, guru yeah. is better than your. You know, it's just like it's like I'm just so tired of the divisions, and that's what's so great about Australia. Like Australians, are like I don't care if you, whose technique you're doing, how good is it going to yeah. uh, does like, it work? My voice can it can does it work? It work? For me? Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking of um, when you were telling the story about losing your voice. It's it's it reminded me of the apocryphal story of Alexander and how his technique came about. Was you know he mm. was he was a uh, he was doing debates or something like that, or he was a he, he, he was losing his voice all the time. And basically, he created his whole technique because he was losing his voice. And I was I was thinking about when I entered school. And I was introduced to the to the Alexander technique, and I thought, "Oh my God, this is amazing! This is fantastic! I love this." It was paired at the same time with my uh, voice teacher, who was also Fitzmorris trained as well. So to have Alexander and Fitzmorris, and then beautiful combination. And then I went away and did some Roy Hart work with Richard Armstrong, mm. and then mm. going to Columbia, we had Kristen Linklater there. And so having those kind of things and going. As long as you don't keep them siloed, as long as you don't go my yeah. way or the highway, as long as you can go, I want yeah. a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. No, thank you. I don't necessarily like that. It's not for me, but I will take some more of this. It really is kind of yeah. going, yeah, I, what works for my voice? What works for me and my instrument? And 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 I loved I loved that work. I loved that doing that work. And and it was the the voice classes became more acting classes than anything else a lot of the times. Well, and that's kind of like the 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 coup of of my 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 uh, hire in, in in Singapore. You know, I was hired because I I could teach acting. Yeah, you know, I could teach acting. I could teach movement. I could teach voice. Yeah, you know, I was I was uh, you know my title was the 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 head of voice and speech, but I was actually the acting teacher. Yeah, <laughs> and so <laughs> I was teaching acting through voice, which 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 ultimately made my practice even stronger yeah. because I've had, I've had the, the gift of being in situations and scenarios as a teacher where I've been called to, to do more than just one skill, to, to, to be an acting teacher, to be a movement teacher, to be a, a voice teacher, to be a director, right? There's all these things that have been asked of me. And so, you know, I, I had to come up with ways of, of being able to disseminate the information to students so they could learn it. You know, and be able to uh, teach it themselves and, and embody the work. You know, when uh, the 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 um Dudley, remember the Deadly Night book when it first started when he was working on the publishing of it yeah. and like he'd work on the edits and we were working with the first the first kind of draft of it yeah. with with the LaSalle students that was mm-hmm. that was brilliant and and all of those LaSalle students have all of the Deadly Night work in them. <laughs> and and they they teach it and they're and they're fantastic actors you know um but essentially uh i think that if you are dealing with the voice you're dealing with one state of being it's how are you able to and you, you know that's what we look at um uh uh um patsy roddenberg's uh the what is it, the the second circle you know, the second circle is all talking about the state of presence and awareness and and the point of view of how the voice is being used. 
Um, and that, that second circle is also what I use in my, my work, but I call it something different. My students know it as satsang. Um, and it's, and it's, a, it's a place where, where we meet as our human selves, and then we express from that place. So it's kind of like a, you know, it's a, it's a reset button. I, I think, I think the, the best voice practices teach actors how to reset and then re-engage, mm. as opposed to working from habits, becoming aware of the habits that are uh, impeding upon the, the productivity of, of the sound, as opposed to if you do this, you'll get that. If it's reductive, it, it, it's not, it really won't work. Because if it's, unless we're dealing with anatomy, anatomy tells you A plus B equals C. So if, if, the, mm. if, you're, if you're squeezing your butt, it's automatically going to restrict your, your respiratory system because yeah. it's, it's, it's affecting your, your pelvic, pelvic, uh, the pelvic floor. And so the organs can't be pushed down from the diaphragm into the pelvic floor, and that's ultimately going to affect your voice. So all these cause and effects of how the voice is being used is, I think, invaluable for the actor because you can do something with that. But if you tell an actor, stop pushing, you can't do shit with that. What is, yeah, again, what does it mean? How do I, how do I use that? Yeah. <laughs> Well, what does it mean exactly, and how do I use it? So I think I think the I think what we should do is we should take another break, yeah, and then talk about some of the. Should we talk about some of the the different philosophies of voice work? I think we've mentioned be good. some people. Yeah, I think that'd be really good because I, I think we're getting in, we're getting close close to where my questions are are coming in for you for uh, a voice trainer and an actor who deals with the voice all the time as well. So yeah, I think it's a great place to kind of take a breath, get some water. Yeah. Yeah. Relax. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. sit, sit down on so, your sit down on your pillow. Free your back. <laughs> <laughs> Put your feet up. <laughs> yeah. Hide all your kids. <laughs> whoa, whoa. This this got very this got different all of a sudden. Wait a minute. Hide your kids. Wait a minute. What's going on? I was just trying to relax kids. and call and your dogs. <laughs> free my diaphragm. That's all I was trying to do. What's going on now? <laughs> Ooh, I want to talk I think we need to talk diaphragm. We, we got to talk a, we lot, need, a lot of things. This, again, we got to talk diaphragm, y'all. This podcast <laughs> is not just one podcast. It's it's many, many podcasts, of course, because it what's going to happen is people are going to have very specific questions for you. You know, this is, yeah. you know, it's one thing to have the information, which a lot of this podcast is going to be information, but then it's also going to be application as well. And I think that's where, mm. I think that's where we can really benefit the community as well of, of going like, um, try this out. You know, you're home, you're here, you have these, these two master teachers in, you know, in their forums and like, here's what you can do right now. Try this out. So I think, yeah, this is a long conversation, but mini podcast conversation as well. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because, you know, I'll get going. I'll get going. So I think we should let Purple Planet take this one away. Yep. <laughs> take it away, Purple Planet. See you after the break. Thank you, Purple Planet. 
So, uh, so Pudi, my my question is, and I, I'm hoping that it will. I'm sure you will take it into um, uh, those different training philosophies. Can you, for me, differentiate, and for our our audience, differentiate the difference between a voice teacher and a speech teacher? Are they the same thing, or are they different things? And do different philosophies fall in in line to one or the other? Yeah, well, look, when people talk about voice, a lot of people think it's singing. Yeah. You know, um, when they, if I say I'm a voice teacher, oh, you, so you sing. Well, I do, but... <laughs> I can, but I don't. But, um, this is the thing. There are all... And this is, I think, kind of a great way to kind of listen to the next bit of this conversation that we're having is that there are so many different ways of breathing and also different ways of using the voice. Mm. And so you need to figure out which way you want to use the voice and, and what's the quality um, that you're looking for in using the voice. You know, there's, 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 there's yoga breathing, there's tantric breathing, there's breathing for opera, there's breathing for singing, uh, singing pop, there's breathing for speaking Shakespeare, there's breathing for speaking on uh, a television show with, a, and you're, uh, you're, you're being Mike. There's, yeah. there, Right, and so there's, and then there's there's studio uh, 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 training for the voice. So there's all different ways that you can play and use the voice. Um, and so when you say, what's the difference between a voice teacher and a speech teacher? <laughs> I think, I think what we're looking at is where is that person teaching and using and using mm. what they're teaching? Yeah, yeah. So essentially, when you're in an acting program. You have you you could have a combination of of teachers, a singing teacher and uh, of of uh, active voice kind of teacher, where they they teach you how to support, uh, release tensions that are that are restricting the voice and restricting the vocal fold and restricting the the respiratory system so that uh, you can't access the full lung capacity um, and diaphragm release, um, and. And then you also have uh, a singing teacher that is look, really looking on that extended vocal uh, uh, usage and also that breath, uses of the breath. Mm. So and I, I think the best way to kind of think of it is if you're teaching it like when when you're when you're working on speaking, you can uh stop the breath in the middle of a thought you and and take another breath or catch the breath and stop the breath and then use the breath that's left in the remaining when you're when you're singing this is how i would talk if i'm going to get ready because i'm extending on the vowels and really ex extending the vocal energy out right and so what happens with with um with speaking, it ha it's, it's more. There's a more glottal kind of uh, stoppage that happens with with normal discommunication, so that the vocal folds will come together, and stop the air from coming out, and then you need a little bit more energy to generate more breath through the vocal folds. Mm. But when you're singing, you're looking for this a more sustained, true pitch. When I say true pitch, meaning like a note, <laughs> it's like a, a B, a C, a uh, uh, a flat, B minor, all that stuff. That yeah. that's that's a true pitch, and, and sustaining it. And so there's a, and th so there are different ways of sustaining that breath as well that are different from the ways you would use the voice when you're speaking. Um, and the muscles you use will be different, and you have a different quality um, in the muscles 
uh, that you're using for speaking. So if you are if you are constricting the abdominal muscles, you're gonna have a nice you're gonna have a nice squeezy sound. But then if you release the you release release the abdomen like I just did, it, the the voice responds. I'm not mm-hmm. doing anything. It's just a, a it's it's all I'm doing is releasing a, a particular muscle, and it is it's giving me a different quality. Mm-hmm. I'm putting my voice in a different place. Um, so the difference between a speech teacher and a singing teacher would be the use of breath. I would say. The use of breath and the support of that breath, and how um, the 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 true pitch is sustained, or uh, the cadence of a thought is used. Hmm. And and who? So then, take us into these these trainers, these voice and speech trainers around the world, and and the, those tech. Not necessarily the techniques, because there's not enough time to do that. But really, no. if you know, if I was oh, shopping, Lord. if I was shopping around. You know, what section would I be in if I was in a Skinner section versus a, a Linklater section versus a Fitzmaurice section versus a whomever else there is in the world? Well, I, I, what I'll do is I'll, I'll talk about the different um, things that I like about each technique. Okay. Because I think that's, that, that has more value because a lot of times we don't have, we don't have control over the the kinds of voice training that we're going to get. If we're mm. a student going into a drama school, we get what you, they give us, you're right? Gonna the, you're going to have the a one. choice to go and find, yeah. right? Yeah. Or if I'm in a place like Australia where there's a limited amount of certified teachers for different types of teaching, it's very difficult to get access to them as well. It's a little different than in, when we're in New York where they're all there. You can find someone that teaches everything shop around. in New York. Yeah, exactly. You can shop around, right? So I think I think what's what's the best way of utilizing our listeners' time and to support whatever uh, voice work they're they're working with, developing, um, and uh, 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 trying to learn uh, that to be on the positive side of everything is the best way to go. Because there's, like I said before, there's not one technique that is the the technique to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll I'll start off with Fitzmaurice voice work because it's it's one that I teach um, a lot of the time. Um, there are two elements of the Fitzmaurice voice work. There's the destructuring and the restructuring. So you have destructuring, which comes out of the school of thought from uh, bioenergetics, core energetics, yoga, Reiki, Shiatsu. Um, and it's looking at the habitual way in which we uh, hold the structure up, move through space, and looking at what habitual muscles are impeding or restricting the uh, respiratory system. So that's and pr- so so what happens in Fitzmaurice uh, destructuring? It's 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 it, it's it's known for what's called a tremor. But there are other components inside of inside of the destructuring um, that have stretches, shiatsu positions, connection of awareness, of gazing, of really just becoming aware of the structure. So um, once everything is juicy and flow, flowing and moving around, then we want to look at the habits of how we speak. And mm-hmm. what is the habit of our normal way of speaking and what is the, the most efficient way to support the openings that you have available for you in the Fitzmaurice work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes out of the bel canto singing uh, technique, which is about an in-breath with the rib. So you, you're, you're, you're expanding the ribs and, uh, and with, the, with the rib comes the lung. 
Um, and then you support the breath with uh, a support of the transversus abdominis muscle, while all the other abdominal muscles are free to move you around and do what they do um, for moving, th- moving you through the space, holding you up, twisting, running, jumping, and doing things like that. Um, and and when you and what I love about the Fitzmaurice voice work is that if you apply it to the animal kingdom, you see perfect Fitzmaurice voice work. Mm. When you watch a lion roar, you watch a dog bark. Right. <laughs> you see perfect Fitzmaurice voice work. So and so for me, I really uh, took to it because it was logical within my body. It had it was cultureless. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it was all inclusive from the process. Um, and so that's why I, I really, really, really co-signed to that. And then, and then from there, I went into uh, Roy, Roy Hart uh, voice work, which was a lot of extreme vocal work and working mm-hmm. with the piano. So when you're working with the piano, it, it, you're trying to to play around the pitch, that true pitch that we're talking about, and by you know uh, playing with the vocal folds and and letting them letting them become crack crackly and then full of beautiful resonance and vibration. Well, beautiful. Let's move that concept of beauty <laughs> away because you know there is no such thing as beauty when it comes to sound. It's just noise. Yeah. Um. And our cultural reference to it. Um. And then uh. And then from the Roy Hart, uh, th- that spilled into the work that uh, we do with Grotowski work and the sense of vocal play with Grotowski world um, w- with his cat. And when I, when I talk about Grotowski's work, I talk about um, uh, Steve Wong's work. Uh, the, uh, he wrote Acrobat of the Heart and The Heart of Teaching. Those are two must-haves Phenomenal. on your shelves. Phenomenal books. You yeah. must you, must. you must. You must have those two books on your shelves. Yeah. Um, the Acrobat of the Heart is the first one, and The Heart of Teaching is the second one. Yeah. The Heart of Teaching is for us teachers, because as Adam was speaking about before, like we get so siloed, and we don't have an opportunity to interact and talk to other teachers about what's happening in class. And for us to use these kinds of somatic practices, it gets really intense for us. Like Adam said, we end up lying on our backs for se- just for seven minutes just so we can get back to our next class. <laughs> it's, it's, real, it's real. Fatigue yeah. is real. Um, and it, and, he, and he essentially holds your hand and supports you as a master teacher himself, and he's who phenomenal. has been doing it for a very long time. Right? He's amazing. He's, he's, yeah. yeah, he's amazing. Um, and and look, and and I have done when I before I even started doing uh, my actors training, and I was just you know taking acting classes and learning voice work. I was learning uh, the link ladder technique, which deals with a lot of imagery. What I love about Kristen Linklater's work is that it deals with so much imagery and the imagination and and falling into those realms. Um, and this is why I say that the voice department at Yale are doing some really cool stuff because when you combine the Fitzmaurice voice work awareness with Linklater resonance, placement, and imagination, the actors know how to play with the given circumstances while letting their voices live in resounding support. And this is because voice classes are acting classes with the given circumstances while letting their voice be just as uh, uh, resounding and supported as ever. It's magic. And I had a conversation with them about it. He said, well, Booty, because voice classes are acting classes here. And I was like, yep. Yep. Voila. There That's it is. right. There it is. Um, and uh, and then you've got uh, Lassac, Arthur Lassac, 
Um, and Lasak is another one that deals with images in the body, and that's also really nice as well. That, and and this is the other thing. It's like I really think that if you find a way of using the voice and working with the voice that works for you and you really love it, that's right. That's right. It's like it's like wine. You know, it's just like you know. Remember, remember uh, my wedding. <laughs> yes, and we had the salmon yay. Yeah. <laughs> well, he remembers because he was my best man. <laughs> he saved me, y'all. I was a bride. I was like a bride that was losing everything. My dad arrived and everything fell apart. And then Adam picked up the pieces and then I had a beautiful wedding. But we had... We had a beautiful wedding. We, we had a beautiful... I just said we had a beautiful wedding. Yeah. <laughs> we did. We did. Because we did. We had a beautiful wedding. We totally did. Um, and we had a... One of the things... We we were in uh, wine country and I wanted to have... I wanted to get married at a, at a vineyard because it was such a... Uh, Wine has been a, a huge part of my my development, <laughs> um, drinking it and serving it. Um, <laughs> um, and I, and my family, you know, I, the the, the kind of life I lead right now is completely different than any kind of reality that I grew up with, mm. and that uh, and so my family they don't know the 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 rooms that I that I exist in and the worlds that I that I now that I now exist in and the the halls that I walk and I wanted yeah. to share that with everyone and so we had we had a, a a weekend wedding at the vineyard and one of the things we did we had a sommelier talk about wine mm-hmm. and 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 I wanted to cuz I wanted my family to have an opportunity to ask any question that they that any burning question they've always wanted to know about wine. Why do people do this? What does that mean? What you know? I just wanted them to have that opportunity, and it was awesome. We had the best sommelier ever. It was great. And and what and 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 when someone had asked her like, "How do you know a good wine from a bad wine?" She's like, "Did you like it? Yeah. <laughs> then it's a good wine." <laughs> <laughs> and I think, and I think that's the way you do your 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 training as an actor and as and and your voice work. Is it working for you? Then keep doing it. Then if it's not right working path. for you, investigate why it's not working for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just because it's not working for you doesn't mean that it doesn't work. You know, that's the other thing to remember. You know, if it's not working for you, then maybe you need to investigate why it's not working for you before you throw it all out. Because there's a reason why that teaches at, in in the institution other than, you know, the other reasons that we've talked about before. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> the the big white elephant. We don't need to talk about the big white elephant. <laughs> we know but, all about that. But, yeah. But outside of that, you know, that, you know, you, you want to, because you, you want to be in a situation where you're, at, where you're training and you can put your trust in your in your um your team that are your educators you know yeah. you don't want to be in a situation where you don't trust your teachers and the faculty that's a horrible feeling that's a and horrible it's and, and you don't want to set yourself up for that either you don't want to be mm-hmm. like well i heard booty on the podcast and this this voice work is better than this voice work nah 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 nah, nah. that's not what we nah. mean well yeah that's not what we mean we mean just to be aware it, it was the awareness that made me a better uh uh, voice teacher and also a better actor. Yeah. So becoming aware of that. Um, what other voice things do we do? I know about. Well, then you got then you've got really interesting ways of using the voice. You have how Suzuki uses the voice. Oh God, yeah. Right. Remember that. So yeah. one of the things that I love doing, I love, and and I, and I did it as a as a um when I was a voice teacher because I <laughs> it's because I it's because I'm an acting teacher. But I had to teach voice because I can, you know? <laughs> and <Right>. so, like, <laughs> and so because I'm an acting teacher, I was like, well, let me, I'm bored t- 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 teaching voice. I'm like, I'm going to go collaborate with other teachers. So 
we I, I found our Suzuki teacher and I said, hey, let's let's collaborate. You know, I'll I'll put the uh, principles of the Fitzmore's voice work into uh, the principles of your Suzuki work, and it and it they went hand in hand. It was awesome. It was really really cool. So you know, I think I think voice teachers, specifically voice teachers, the more opportunities you get to collaborate with the other teachers yeah. and and put them together. It is it the the learning that happens for students is invaluable. They yeah. just love it. Well, this this is. I mean, I don't want to take us off of off. It's not really going to be off topic, but um, this was kind of my question all along. Was um, as a director, you you know, or sorry, as a as a voice or a speech trainer, um, in a rehearsal situation, you're usually called in to fix a problem last minute like mm-hmm. we're in tech i can't hear my actors mm-hmm. what, what would your ideal situation be let's not think about money let's not think about time like what was your what would your ideal situation be in the rehearsal process because instead of it being you know a tourniquet at the end you know we're losing the patient you know we got to save the leg basically you got you got eight hours we open tomorrow like what would the ideal voice situation be in a rehearsal room because you know as a director I, I i deal with it all the time of 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 dealing with i know i can't understand them i think it might get better i think they might articulate better later on i, I think right now they're in their own world but i'm not sure they're going to come out of their world but i certainly don't have the training to help them in this process what would be ideal for you what would what would your be what would your wish be well, the, the the wish would be time, time. And that's why you, you know, that's why people go to drama school because they have to know how to warm themselves up mm-hmm. so they can show up at the rehearsal hot so they can boil over. You don't want to use rehearsal as your warm up. It's not your director's job to warm you up. You have to know your instrument you. well enough to what you need. You're welcome, my love. Can you repeat, sorry, can you repeat that again? It, just, it, made, it made chills go down my spine. So finally, somebody understands. <laughs> yes, my dear. Yes, my dear. Okay. Like I said before, like Dr. D says, the medicine is strong. It is not the director's job to warm you up. It's nice uh, to get a director that likes to warm up. Yes, yes. But yeah, yeah. Just take that in, Adam. That's what you take that in. Well, I'm just going to keep talking while you take that in. Yeah. Because you, you get in a situation where you, you got a director that wants to create a particular atmosphere. So they will warm you up if you're lucky. But it is not the director's job to warm the actor up. Your job is to show up hot so that you can boil over. Basta. If you cannot do that, that's why you go to drama school. If you do not know how to warm up, that's why you take workshops. That's why you find people that do know how to warm up so they can show you how to warm up. Your voice, your imagination, your body, your emotions, your your, your text, your memorization, the, the punctuation, whatever the things you need to be doing on that particular job. But it is not the director's job to warm the actor up. (sighs) 
No, I do. I, I, I do have warm-ups in my rehearsals typically, but it's but it's not a vocal warm-up. I'm doing viewpoints. You know, I've talked about this before. I'm doing viewpoints in my in my rehearsals because I'm wanting to get people warm imaginatively. Their body's going to be involved. Their voice can be involved. But yeah, is you? it's your job. I'm not going to do your job. Please don't do my job, but don't expect me to do your job either. You know, it's hmm. – yeah. Sorry. I'm glad you said that. That's fantastic. <laughs> yes. It's a release that you needed. It's the release you needed. I get it. I get it. No, no. It's, and, this is the, and this is the thing because we are also educators. Mm. We, get into that, we get into that realm of when we're actually in a professional directing position and the actors show up and they know what they're doing. We go, oh, my God. Oh my God! I'm not yeah. at school. Yeah. I'm not in a school. I'm at, I'm with real actors. Oh, they thankfully. know what the fuck they're doing. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully we but can when just you're work dealing now. with students. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're you're dealing with so many different levels of them learning their instrument, learning how to use it. Yeah. you know, and and because there's that high level of integrity, we warm them up because we'd want to be able to not be, you know hearing our like the nails scratching on a on a chalkboard when every time someone speaks yeah because they're not connected they're not warmed up and they're just in they're just in their like plebeian body they're not in a performance body so i think um what you need to be doing is figuring out what kind of warm-ups you have available to yourself Mm. And and when you're done with that warm up, do you feel ready to, to to perform a play? That's the other thing. You may have some warm ups, you know, and that's but it may not be right. <laughs> it may not be right, and oftentimes what happens is it's it's random. Mm. There's not a system of like pedagogical sense from one position to the next position, mm. you know. And those are the kinds of things that you want to invest in if you don't have a, a clear pedagogical kind of. Uh, trajectory moving from where you start off, which I think awareness is where you should start off. And then once you're aware, you can figure out what's happening. Um, and then f- from there, you go on to, from awareness, you go to exploration and freeing and releasing and play and movement. And then and then you, from from that, you are able, then you can start seeing what kinds of text you can, you can address because the body is ready to uh, engage in, in dialogue or have a need, you know, you have a need to speak, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you get closer to those needs when the whole body and everything is firing. But I think we should probably take a break um, because the the next step, I think, once we, since we've already gone gone through some different ways of working with the voice, some different um, uh, practices that you can you can research on your own. Um, I'll walk you through um, how I would uh, engage uh, getting my voice ready for uh, rehearsal. And then we'll talk about getting the voice ready for performance. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about uh, keeping the voice um, ready for, during performance. Um, I think those are probably the best ways to kind of service you at this point of this conversation. What do you think, Adam? I think, the, I think that's a great provocation to leave them with. I think that's, that's exactly uh, a great spot. I think people will be loving that. So I think that's a good thing to do on the other side of this break here. That sounds good. I think that's good. Okay, Purple Planet, can you please do something and take it away?
took us away once again (laughs) (laughs) so adam where do we go from here well i think you know here we are at the end i think this is a perfect place to leave them with questions and provocations but i think that your that your uh your suggestion is fantastic and it's a provocation in itself because uh everyone should do this every single one of our listeners whether they're a performer or not should do what you're about to walk them through, I think. Um, and I think, because I've got nothing, <laughs> I think my <laughs> provocation, my provocation is your provocation. So it's your time. <laughs> it's take take all the time you need for this provocation here. Uh, well, look, I think that um, you should investigate what skills you have currently. You may come out of... Uh, three, four-year conservatoire and have a whole practice that works. And that's fine. It's wonderful. You may have come out of those same kind of uh, programs and you're still searching, Mm. Um, which I think is probably the most healthy way for an artist to be understanding their body. You know, regardless of what school you go to or have went to, um, you should still be searching. It shouldn't be like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what to do. I'm done. Because then, because then, what happens is it becomes a chore. Mm-hmm. It doesn't become it doesn't become curiosity and investigation. It becomes a chore. It becomes I've ticked all the boxes, and now I'm going to tick the box the reductive boxes of performance, acting by numbers. Yeah, yellow gets blue. Uh, yellow gets uh, blue gets ye- not blue. There's dyslexia. Six gets blue. Seven gets green. Two gets white. <laughs> I was like, yellow gets blue, blue gets green. No, here we go again. That's how my brain works, y'all. I'm sorry. I saw the numbers, but they only had colors in my mouth. All right. So, <laughs> um, you also you want to look at you want to look and see what what you have available, and if you if if your process becomes a tick box, and then also look at it is 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 it is it a practice? Mm. Is taking care of your voice a practice? Do you is it part of your daily wake up? Do you do 15 minutes in the morning? Do you do uh, 15 minutes of the afternoon? What kind of cool down do you have before you, go to, before you go to bed? How important is your voice to your life as an artist? How important is your voice to keeping your job? Mm-hmm. I know there's not a lot of jobs happening right now, but this is like, you know, like, we were, like Sara Caputo was talking about in one of our knee conversations. This is the time to skill up. Mm-hmm. And I think that is that's the call is look and see what kind of process you have. See if it's a tick box or, it's a, or if it's actually a practice. And if it's a practice, how can you um, and what do you need to, to enrich it even more? Are you feeling um, fatigued by your by your, is, is your voice? Are you getting vocal fatigue? Are you do you want more range? Do you feel that you get stuck in one particular area of your voice? Why is that? And then the other question is, after you have done your warm-up or before you've done your warm-up, I'm just going throughout your daily life, how freely do you let yourself play with your voice? Do you let your pitches move around? Do you you let your resonance move around? 
Or does it stay in the same monotone place all the time? Because I, one of the things I, 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 you would talk to actors about is like, you need more vocal variety. And they're like, huh? Vocal variety? Yeah, you need more vocal variety. You, you change the pitch, you change the resonance. Our brains automatically go, ooh, new information. But if it's one monotone note, it's like it's all the same thing. It's all the same thought. And you're giving me permission to check out. Mm-hmm. You're giving me permission to check out, which is why it, they get they get away with it in film because the the vo- the voice is checked out, but all the images are, are on fire and alive. Your eyes are being given a, a smorgasbord of movement and and noise. But if the if the voice is able to play as much as as what you're seeing visually, it's 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 the bigger bang. You get the bigger bang. That's the difference between uh, glass and crystal. You want that like, ding. But this is the oh, okay. Then I have then I have another thing. This this I think that I think because also we want to look at style as well when we're talking about voice. You know, like think about American Idol when they're like, oh, you're a musical theater performer. This is not the sound we want for the American Idol, right? Right. Right. And think yeah, right. And so think about think about how they're using their voice in the, of films that you like or on television versus on stage. You know, if if the microphone is close to you, there's not much there's not much you need to do in 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 the guise of amplitude. You don't need to worry about volume, but volume is is crucial when you're working in a live in a live performance. But then if you're mic'd, that's another situation. So it's it's so essentially the first part of any kind of vocal training is awareness. You have to be aware to know how you're going to use your voice mm. and in what capacity. So my provocation, this long, long provocation, <laughs> <laughs> this long roundabout com- uh, provocation is for you to see just how aware you are in the process and practice of using your voice. And then from that awareness, figure out what do you need? What do you want more of? And then where can you find it? Where can you find it? Mm. And how do you get it to you or how do you get to it? There's so many different ways of doing it. So those are my provocations. Great provocations. Seek, seek out seek out what you need but first you have to know what you need by being aware know thyself <laughs> once again know thyself y'all know thyself um what are we talking about next week well we are we're in the the actor's land today we're going back to the director's land next week and we're talking about Ooh. composition oh that's one of your favorite things uh, of course it is so <laughs> I'll be talking. I'll be talking lots next time. No, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll do the. I'll be the Q and A. I'll question <laughs> you for, for the answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 your bag. That's my bag. I'm really excited. I, I'm well, really excited about that. I'm hoping I got something to say about it. <laughs> I'm looking to learn something next week, y'all. Adam and his composition. Yeah, no pressure. Well, the, well, maybe you should give him a little teaser. Why should we? Why should they tune in next week with Adam Marple and his composition? <laughs> conversation oh, lord uh well look i mean we have switched to a new medium we still we still are expected to perform on this medium so unless you you really just want to have uh rectangle theater inside of closets then you got to do something else you got to think of the space that you're in the elements that you have 
and you got to make theater. You have to make it theatrical. So I've actually been teaching a lot of online composition lately based out of my regular composition classes and thinking about my making of work. So yeah, I guess some tips and tricks and pointers and things like this. We're all on this. We're all in these Zoom mediums right now. Make it pretty, folks. Do something else with it. <laughs> Get yourself a nice ring light, for God's sake. Do something. <laughs> make it pretty or make it interesting. Yes. <laughs> Les deux. Les deux. <laughs> exactly. And yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, I look forward to that. And I look forward to all y'all joining us next week with our conversation with Mr. Mappel. Yeah. And um, so, again, we'd love to hear, you know, how this provocation worked out for you. Have you have you investigated your practice? Have you uh, gone into back into your training? Have you been looking at your voice yeah, in a different seriously. way? We're all in front of microphones now. We're all doing work on microphones. Yeah. What does that mean for our voice? So we would love, love, love to hear from you. And you can send us those things to speakpipe.com backslash theater of others. Again, speakpipe.com backslash theater of others. You can leave us a 90-second message where we can hear your voice. If you don't want us to hear your voice, you can send us an email at podcast at theater of others. You can send us a message on our Facebook page for those of you who still use Facebook. Um, hell, we even have a LinkedIn page. You can send something on LinkedIn if you're really old <laughs> and use LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> And you must remember to subscribe, 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 subscribe. That's right. <laughs> subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We're on we're on every single uh, platform now. There was there were two holdouts that we were waiting for to get on. We are on everything. You can even listen to us on Alexa if you've got Alexa at home. Your Amazon Alexa. <laughs> we're on Amazon oh. now. Yeah. Wow. Wow. We. We're somebody again. We are somebody. <laughs> iHeartRadio, Pandora. You know, if, you, if you're like my grandma who listens to iHeartRadio, you can listen to it there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I love that. That's just so good. It's yeah. so good. Well, look, I think we're doing something good here. People are liking it. it. I'm liking so. it. I'm liking it. And I get it. to see you every week. That's and right. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> that, can't, that can't be a bad thing. Nah, that can't be a bad thing. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> and, and look, and I think, I think y'all need to get on that speakpipe.com and give us your voice. Mm -hmm. Give energy. Give energy to your question. It, and let the world hear your question. Yeah. Let the universe respond to your vocal energy. As opposed to being small and send a little text message here or a little email there. Be bold. Let us hear your voice. Let's 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 be heard. You know, the the reason why we're in so many problems these these days is because people are afraid to use their voice because those assholes make us afraid to speak up because they're going because they say they're going to hurt us, kill us dead. But that's not true. It's all a lie, y'all. It's all a farce. Speak up. And we want to hear your questions. We want to hear your voice. Let's let's create a movement of of being heard. Yeah. And we look forward to hearing that. Starting here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, see you later. Bye, Adam. Bye, Booty. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Theater Brothers Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, theaterbrothers.org, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. 
Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. A special thank you to Purple Planet for the music you've heard. The Theatre of Others creates a shared community of artists and audiences for the purposes of exploring the most profound issues of our lives and time. We believe the play watches the audience. The audience is necessary and they are witness to what happens. And you get to be witness to us making that happen. The purpose of this podcast is to open up our process and let you in. We're peeling back the curtain, so to speak, and encouraging you to follow along, to ponder, prod, and question, to join us and criticize us if need be. Being a witness is no passive task and requires much from you. Are you up for the journey? Be sure to tune in next week for our next journey.